Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, everyone. Just jumping in here to give you a wee snippet of Culture Vulture, our pop culture podcast. So if you want a break from the news, you should jump over and subscribe to it. A huge thank you to Neon, our favourite New Zealand streaming service, for making this episode of Culture Vulture possible. Kia ora everybody and welcome to another episode of Culture... (laughs) Vocal hemorrhage. We were just talking about (laughs) my vocal hemorrhage. I think we've actually brought it up on here before. No, we have. Because Adele's Because of Adele and Lucy, I have diagnosed her with a vocal hemorrhage because of this point. Precisely. Yeah, so what happened was, I literally think we talked about it last week, and I just told Liv that I have a vocal hemorrhage this week, and I would name my glee club vocal hemorrhage (laughs) after vocal adrenaline from glee. Anyway, niche. We drunk this weekend twice well I at least drunk twice for yourself yeah (laughs) and um we said this last week on the pod we have like these small parts of our personality that we share with you guys over and over and over and that's all there is to us no literally and my vocal hemorrhage is now a character trait or a personality trait um every time I drink even if I'm not yelling I lose my voice some were called laryngitis. That's what Google <laughs> said. Because that's apparently just when you lose your voice. Yeah, it's more of a symptom, though, than a cause, isn't anyway, it? Anyway, but is it? It's kind of mm. hot, eh? You're kind of sexy. It kind of fits the theme. It but, does, because um, loose... <laughs> we're just going to go straight into it. What um, what depicts your week this week? Well, I've got a really good one for what depicts my week this week. First of all, you all need to go and do the Culture Vulture survey in the show notes. Yes, And then please. you can hear about what um, As your reward, you can hear yeah. about Lucy's week, and it's a bit raunchy, so... So go and do it. Three, two, one. Make sure you say really nice things about Neon. And the thing that depicts my week is ant pheromones <laughs> because, okay, it ties in in quite a few ways. I've not written anything down. How I'm just does hoping- ant pheromone tie into, like, anything? Like, don't worry, guys, it's very best. No, don't worry. Don't worry. You can use this yeah. in your conversation. <laughs> Um, so you, you'll remember a few weeks back, because you're an avid listener, that I said that ants described my week because my room was full of ants, Liv's car was full of ants. I am ant girl in the group Liv's chat. ant girl. Queen of the ants. We have quite a few ant problems. And then right now, I'm for some reason just feeling real horny. <laughs> and like I text Liv before we got on, before we even came here and was like, I don't know if it's because I'm, like, about to go on my period or, like, because I've had such a random weekend that I have not recovered. Not because of sex, just because of drinking. And, you know, alcohol is an aphrodisiac, yeah. right? Well, I don't know. don't know. I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but... I should look it up on medical news today because that's what I've been doing for pheromones. Yeah, so the reason we say ant pheromones is because last night um, one of our flatmates, Tom, was like... Oh my god, I just hate the smell of ants. Like honestly, when you squish them, you can just smell their pheromones. <laughs> and Liv was like to him, I was like, Do, do you, you know what pheromones are? So Liv, can you just give us a wee definition? Well, because like in my head, it's like pheromones, 
that's like, about like sexual, sexual arousal, attraction. right? Yeah. It's like the thing that humans give off to each other to yes. like sexual tension. It's in the room. You can feel it in pheromones. If and we so, were sitting opposite Harry Styles oh, in a room in interview city, because obviously city. he would be attracted From back. So, yeah, 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 that's what I'm thinking. We Absolutely. Yeah. Oh no. I don't anyway, think we'd tell, can, you, can you tell me what it means? <laughs> yeah, well, so when he was saying that about ants, I was just like, I actually think you've got the Are wrong you end smelling of the sexual, their sexual aura. Like, what do you mean? But then it kind of turns out we were both sort of wrong. But I oh, was I thought, a, no, you were right about pheromones. Well, pheromones in terms of humans are similar to hormones, but they work outside of the body. They induce activity in other individuals, such as sexual arousal. So I was like, yeah. So they're like that works fear for me. hormones. <laughs> yeah, kind of. But then pheromones in general, like not just for humans, are substances which are secreted through the outside of by an individual and received to a second individual of the same species. <laughs> so he was wrong in he every wrong. way. And I feel like you missed that out of the debate last night, the same The same species. species. And then he's like, yeah, but I can smell the pheromones. And it's like, are you an ant? Are you an ant no. Or do you want to fuck the ant? <laughs> yeah. So then when Lucy was horny, we was like sort of discussing why are you so horny right now? And it's because of the ant it's pheromones. It's because of the ants. Because all the ants in our rooms, they've been squished. Or like, I have noticed the least of them. So maybe it's because they've all died, let off their pheromones. And maybe I'm the one attracted to Literally, it. Literally. And then I was sort of like, you need to go on Pete Davidson's dildo. True. Or I was actually thinking, I'm probably worth the goop one the 25 oh. one which again i like now the self value trend. yeah you've got to put value on yourself you're yeah. worth the expensive dildo true now Liv, what <laughs> explains your week depicts your week a little bit more pg than yours oh. um get back because one you got back we're getting back got- to real life oh right because if anyone doesn't Tamaki know, Makoto has got a few Tamaki more Makoto has gotten out of, well, kind of, we're into the red light stage. So we're no longer locked up, locked up. And then also I've been getting my way through Get Back, which is a recommendation or something that I had on my radar for mm. a while, which is the Beatles um, documentary. Are you enjoying it? I'm loving it. Now, oh my is it God. about six hours or something? Is it really long? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really long. It's like eight hours of footage, but wow. they're in three different parts or like, Cool. Two and a half hours each or whatever. I do um, actually really want to watch that. I would definitely recommend. I mean, it's very mundane in the sense of like, it's the most candid footage that mm. you can possibly get. Because Peter Jackson wouldn't have wanted to fuck with it that much because it's so real. Oh, he's right. left it so bad boned. It's yeah. amazing. And I think there was like 12 hours of footage all up. Mm-hmm. So he's like cut out four hours. But, you know, there's still fucking a lot to, a lot to watch. Yes. But it's amazing. You see um, Paul McCartney, like, creating Let It Be. Wow. Like, you see him coming up with it. Like, you see George Harrison leaving the band for a few days. Like, you see all of this shit. Like, you see the inner workings, the inside up. jokes. Like, when he's writing Let It Be, which is obviously one yeah. of the Beatles, you know, biggest hits, ever hits. Bangers. Yeah. <laughs> um, they were talking about how to set up the stage or something for, for their upcoming concert. And, like... Paul, this was before he was writing it, like, they were discussing with Paul. He was like, oh, go to John. He's more artsy than me. John and Yoko. You see John and Yoko together all the time. Like, it's amazing. Yoko's just sitting there while they're writing songs. Um, And then, yeah, so then the guys, there's lots of people around, you know, all the coordinators, all the sort of managers and whatever. They go to John. They're talking about, you know, this show. And then you can literally hear 
um, Paul McCartney writing and singing Let It Be in the background. And is that like, where it's That's him writing it, yeah. And they're not even taking notice and it's hilarious because it's like literally three minutes or something of them just sitting there discussing this boring as shit while one of the best songs in history is being written. Do you think he was writing it because they were all trying to discuss something and like no one was just letting it be? <laughs> yeah, like letting well, go on, he was just in there like, be, let guys. me just fucking annotate this with song. Yeah, exactly. That's so, that's it's amazing footage to have. Amazing. I'm, yeah, I'm like halfway through the second bit. Wow. So I'm like three yeah. or so hours through. But um, absolutely recommend. You get an update from you when yeah. you finished it up. Yeah, hopefully you finish it this week. Cool. Well, it's just a huge part of history. Mm. And also didn't realize how... I mean, at this stage in time, so this is filmed in, I think, 1969. Giggity. So after they're like, what were you going to say? I said giggity. Oh, <laughs> 69. She's horny. She no. is horny. Can't get her mind off of it. Um, but yeah, so it was kind of filmed sort of later on in the band's trajectory. I didn't realise how sort of heavy-handed Paul McCartney is, not not in a bad way, because I know he got quite a bad rap. He's lovely, like mm. lovely to everyone, but like his sole focus is the music. He is so driven. He's writing shit like left, right and centre. Wow. Like he is the driving force. Yeah. And you just see it yeah. outright. Yeah. Now today we're going to be doing, obviously we're doing half Naughty or Nice, half the main event. The main event this week is going to be about the character development of Billie Eilish, which Liv has looked into. We're going to be talking about how she's grown, why maybe this should be her last year of doing it, or like maybe the peaks and the pits of looking back. Yes, yeah, so yeah, this has sort of been um, all around the Vanity Fair interview mm. that she has done for the last five years consecutively. So yeah, I think it shows a lot about a lot of things. So yes. we're going to go into that. I'm really excited for that. And I am going to get us into Naughty or Nice because I actually have quite a lot to talk about this week. Now, the first story I want to talk about is the lovely Bones author, Alice Siebold, apologising to the man that was wrongly convicted of her rape. So before I get into this, obviously there is going to be mentions of sexual assault and rape. So if you don't want to listen to this, that's absolutely understandable. And maybe skip forward about five minutes and then there are some lighter stories. Still about men cheating, but um, easier to sort of digest. Liv, this is a fucking interesting story. Like, this is a movie in itself. And like, spoiler alert, this is going to be a movie in itself. But this story is wild. This is very much like a fact is more fucked up than fiction, sort it of. It actually is. So Alice Seabold, who most of us know as the author of The Lovely Bones, she has another book, her first book, which is a memoir, and it's called Lucky. Now, Lucky is about Alice, who in 1981, when she was 18 and a freshman at Syracuse University, was sexually assaulted. So in the book, she detailed what happened and obviously the trauma that followed. And she wrote about the trial, which was in 1982, where she identified Anthony Broadwater, who at the time was a 20-year-old black man who she said was her attacker. She says that she was convinced that five months after the assault, she had recognised him on the street. And then she wrote about this whole saga in the book. Now, he was convicted as a result of her obviously going to law enforcement and, you know, 
getting her story out there and getting like what at the time was justice for her. And Anthony Broadwater, who's now 61, he spent 16 years in prison before being released in 1998. And then he obviously had to register as a sex offender. So his life was very, it was a half life. And so, spoiler, he wasn't the one who sexually assaulted her. And he maintained his innocence throughout the whole time that he was in jail and throughout his whole life. He and got, really fought to, like, Yeah, get as much as you charge. can yeah. in that day and age when you're a black man, he was. He never said that he was guilty. He never pleaded guilty. He, you know, maintained his innocence. So in Lucky, in the book, Alice Seabold actually writes about the inconsistencies in her case. Like, she noticed the inconsistencies and she wrote about them. Like, there was a lineup of five men in the police station at one point after mm-hmm. she had spotted him on the street. And obviously, they then line up five men to see if you can pick out the um, person that you think did it again to, like, sort of cross-check. She actually picked the wrong person. She picked number four when he was number five. But regardless, they let this sort of slide and were like, we're going to believe you and what you're saying and you saw this man. And at that time, that was enough. And it was, you know, it was the justice system still isn't and was not the justice system for a wide group of people. Um, And so she actually talked about how she was worried that the defence would perceive her as a panicked white girl who saw a black man on the street and was accusing the wrong man. Mm. Like, she already had those worries. She wrote about them, and they were true. She was right to have those worries because it was a bogus case. It's so interesting because um, in Psych and Uni, we did a bit of, like, learning about these sort of tests, the lineups and everything, and just showing how unreliable the human memory is like yeah. there was a point especially with trauma yes with trauma there was even a point in the lecture like they got an actor to come in and like something would happen in the lecture like something weird and then afterwards she was like okay you all have to write down like the color of his shirt the like you know the yeah. way he walked in what yeah. he said and like everyone's shit was totally different even though it happened five minutes mm-hmm. before so it's wild to think people having to you know look at these lineups and and try and remember things and then them base someone's whole like life basically off of these decisions that and like obviously most of the time it's like I mean this is one factor of the investigation and other things line up and you can like if you don't remember that's fine there'll be all these other things that point to the person but it's like in this case it just there wasn't enough obviously because he, he was not the man so the way that this all came undone is actually like Again, really, really interesting, really, really tragic, but really interesting. So one of the executive producers on the film version of Lucky, which was about to be made or was being made at the time, said in an interview with the New York Times that he had started to doubt um, Alice Seabold's account after reading the memoir and then reading the script for the movie. So the executive producer, who's called Tim, said that he'd been struck by how little evidence was presented at the trial. He said he had been fired from the production after raising questions about the story. Oh, really? Yeah, so he, he like, looked at it, looked at the script, and was like, obviously he's looking at it in hindsight, which is a beautiful thing, and was Absolutely. like, bro, she was worried about inconsistencies in the case. I'm looking at it now, and there is massive inconsistencies. Yeah, like, if this is all the evidence you've got, like, where's the rest? Exactly. And so um, the film, the feature film that was being made of Lucky, actually lost its financing and isn't going ahead anymore because, obviously, everything was up in the air about the actual story. Like, no one is denying that she was sexually assaulted. Obviously not. But 
there was much more than met the eye about the case. And so then the executive producer hired a private investigator called Dan Myers, who, after finding and interviewing Mr Broadwater, became convinced that, yeah, he had been falsely accused. So then they got some lawyers together, they looked at the case, they agreed that it was bogus for the same reasons that Alice wrote about in Lucky. So in their motion to sort of like get him exonerated, they hired another lawyer and then they basically said that the case was totally based on flawed elements, like she couldn't identify him properly and then what they used was like a now discredited method of hair analysis, like they don't even use it anymore. Mm -hmm. So there was just all these things that didn't line up, plus him constantly saying that he was innocent. Turns out he did get exonerated. He got wiped of his charges, which just is, like, so sad when you're 60 years old. Because it's just far too little, far, far, far too late. And honestly, he took it with the most amount of grace I've seen. Like, I guess when you... When you maintain your innocence for that long, it would just be a relief. Like, he seemed to have not gotten, like, enraged or, like... Oh God, I'm tearing just, up. No, I know. Hearing on, about this. Truly. Is... And then one of the another weird sort of turn in this story is that Tim, the executive producer that uncovered this all, is now working on a documentary about the uncovering of this case. Oh, that's going to be so interesting. Instead of called Lucky, it's called Unlucky. And it's like I said to Liv when I was just giving her a rundown of what I was talking about, someone's making money here. Like, you know, regardless of everything, someone's going to make money out of it. Absolutely. Which is just the world we live in. But this, if if done right, and I would say, like, if um, Anthony's brought into the creation of this, then I would say that it would be, like, something i don't know like should we watch it should well, we not it's probably another discussion um i guess it highlights like how often does this happen without people knowing about it in the sense of like alice was obviously an author she had public yes you know she she was in the public eye and so her story would obviously like what other person would have someone reading the script and be like hey this doesn't add up and this doesn't add up like you wonder like how many else haven't been cross-referenced in this weird way yes absolutely and how many other people convicted through outdated methods and things like this and and that's a huge thing especially in america like the central park five who are all these really young just black kids in america that got falsely convicted of raping a woman and all the papers were like posting false information they all like went to jail and it wasn't even there it was just because they were easy to pin it mm-hmm. on. And it's like there's these high-profile cases, but, like, this is definitely happening more than exactly, like, people that aren't cross-referencing a script in a book and, like, yeah, for sure, really far into it. And, and so Alice Siebold has apologised for this after it all came out. Yeah, and- I was going to ask you that. Like, did she comment on all of the happenings? Yes. So she wrote um, this a big statement and basically said that she really regretted having unwittingly played a part in a system that sent an innocent man to jail. She said, I am sorry most of all for the fact that the life you could have led was unjustly robbed from you. And I know that no apology can change what happened to you and never will. And it's it's interesting because, I mean, there's there's so many factors. And first of all, like, it's not an apology for us here to accept or deny. I mean, that's the thing with any, like, public, any public wrongdoings, if it wasn't against us or for communities sure, we're part of. For sure, you just do not ha- know how you would 
received yeah, that. It's just not on us to be like, yeah, she did the right thing or no, she didn't do the right thing. But Mr. Broadwater, Anthony, actually, again, in an interview at the New York Times, said that he was relieved and grateful for this apology. It took a lot of courage, and I guess she's brave and weathering through the storm like I am. To make that statement, it's a strong thing for her to do, understanding that she was a victim and I was a victim too. Mm, that's like, a very empathetic lens. He, I know. I watched a lot of videos of him, and I just thought, like, he's got so much grace about him. I guess, like, if you're kind of locked up for that long, you'd you'd have gone through all the phases, right, of, like, yeah. anger. And but then... I, can't, I, I can't believe that he's still, like, kind in, in mm. his work. I mean, I guess he's, like, choosing how to live his life from now on and it would be purely with kindness. I mean, I guess that's what he's chosen. The, the, the thing is, it's, like, she also will be going through it as well because she was, she was assaulted and through this memoir, it was her way of dealing with that and, like, reclaiming what had happened to her. And then... On the other hand, like, she ruined this man's life and so she's dealing with that as well and, and it outlines, like, so many injustices and so many, like, jumping to conclusions that happen, like, Absolutely. not just Absolutely, and it's, it's not her job to be yes. consistent. Like, her, as we said, your memory's not reliable. This is why we have all of these things in place yes. to make sure that... It's the people running the case It's the, the people running the and, case. Like, yeah. she was a victim. She had trauma. We all know that that fucks with your memory as well. Yeah. So... Yeah, yeah, and, and, and like she's also dealing with the fact that the person that raped her is now walking free, Absolutely. and so she thought for all these years that she was safe and like you know he they was were paying locked their up. Yeah, but um, so, so he he was also, obviously a stranger. Yeah, yeah, him. yeah, yeah, yeah. So she will just be I don't know. She will be dealing with things. He'll be dealing with things. And for him to say I recognize that she was a victim too. I just think like. That's wonderful. The publisher of the book, Lucky, said that um, they were going to stop distributing the book. Oh, okay. I was going to, because that would be yeah. very well, interesting to read. Well, I know, but it's... But also you don't want to support And it. I wonder, yeah, I wonder if it should be rewritten or if it should have a forward. A disclaimer a at discla the start. Or if that's just actually not okay for Anthony to have that still in circulation. Because if people Googled it... You know, you don't actually, actually know what would come would be up. Going fucking through the roof right now, which mm. is so bad. But then actually knowing that it wasn't him, because she used when she was describing the trial and everything, she did she didn't use his real name or anything. Okay. So I don't know. That's really interesting. It'll be interesting to see what her inconsistencies were, like what she actually wrote verbatim about um, yes. the case. So yeah, I mean, we call this section naughty or nice. This feels like a bit big of I guess if we're trying to look at it positively, I'm really happy that he's free and that he's feeling like he can still walk with yeah. kindness. I just, I, I guess it feels a bit reductive Doesn't to either it? put it in naughty That's or nice. That's what I have written here. It's yeah. like, I don't really want to put this in naughty or nice. If I want to look at it in one way, it's yes. for him, but then it's for her as well. It's like... I don't know. It's a very complicated story, but one that's very fascinating. Hugely. And before I looked into it, like, I can't believe that I had... I'd skim read a few articles, but I didn't realise the breadth of the story. Anyway, and now we're going to come uh, at you with something a little bit more sugary. Now, this is from the Daily Mail, so I want everyone to take this with a heaped tablespoon of salt. Know, know that the story is probably true because of the person in question, but know that the details are <laughs> probably pretty uh, fictitious. Yeah, I or, don't know or, if fictitious, yeah, but maybe, maybe they just shouldn't have been leaked. There's, like, text messages and shit. Like, it's like maybe they're just, like, not for us to see, you know, or they're hyperbolized. Anyway, here's the headline. 
Tristan Thompson insisted personal trainer lover get an abortion and offered her $75,000 in hush money after she became pregnant with his child while he was still dating Khloe Kardashian. Tristan, Tristan, Tristan. He has just... He's a piece of shit. He's just dug himself the hole and it just keeps getting He keeps cheating on Chloe, like one of the most famous people in the world. I just think... How, like, how does he think he's going to get away with it? I do not know. And it's like... Well, he's I'm probably not cheated here. like 10 times more, you know, yeah. than, than we know. And he has gotten away with some of it. But fucking hell. I feel like he's gotten away with all of it up to this well, point. Mm. And I'm like, we're not here to shit on Chloe for tech. Because, you know, you do what you do. You're like you're in love with who you're in love with. Yeah. Not you that can't place. help how you're feeling. Like it's it's, and you've got a child in the mix. Exactly. So it's complicated. But Tristan Thompson, we're here to tell you, you're a piece of shit. So I'm just gonna read this article a little bit. The DailyMail.com exclusively revealed on Friday that um, Tristan is set to become a father for the third time following an alleged fling with Marilyn Nichols, who's 31. According to bombshell documents obtained by the DailyMail.com, the baby was conceived in Houston, Texas during Thompson's 30th birthday celebrations while he was still dating Chloe, who he has a child with. Mm -hmm. Now, she's since moved to LA, um, the woman that he had this affair with, and she's basically suing him, like suing him, I think that's pretty, like, clarified, um, for child support as well as, like, reimbursement for medical expenses and pregnancy-related costs. She has also filed to submit text messages between her and Tristan Thompson as evidence for her paternity lawsuit, like, because he told her, go and get a paternity test. Of course he did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, showing that he, the text message uh, allegedly showing that he wanted her to get an abortion. That's what Page Six reported. Apparently, um, apparently, I've never been on live TV before. <laughs> no, apparently, the communication between the two show Thompson addressing the party's relationship and insisting that she gets an abortion and threatening her that, that she will get next to nothing with lesser support requirements in Texas. God, he sounds like a piece of shit. In a copy of a shocking text message obtained by Radar, he allegedly offers Nichols $75,000 to keep quiet and warns that he is retiring after the NBA season and would therefore be unemployed so therefore we'll be able to pay. Oh no, get out. Like actuals, get out. Just so get again out, Tristan Thompson. Again, Tristan Thompson, like get out and if keep we only your take one in. thing from this, it's that he probably has cheated. It's probably his kid. Like oh, you, there's just we don't owe him benefit of doubt really in this scenario. So I mean, like, no, if this is false. He we'll, has been through the fucking I mean He's put his, himself his own through. his self made ringer. His self made <laughs> he's put himself through the ringer. Now is that um phrase from the old fashioned washing machine that you'd like it's like those and I mean drying maybe washing machine or drying thing where it's like those two things that you wring it out and you like wheel oh, it. Oh look, like, you might be right. I had no clue. God, I might have to put that on the Instagram story. Yeah. Monday and poll. Is this right? Pole. Yes or no. And just lastly on Tristan Thompson, Chloe Kardashian. People are saying, and I might be people, <laughs> but I don't know, that, like, if this is Chris Jenner, who's done the Pete Davidson and Kim Kardashian, the, like, Courtney and Travis playing up all their stuff, and now, like, this Tristan Thompson story, if she's, like, leaking this shit. If she's a shit, fucking mastermind behind yeah, all of this. Like, to get it away scandals. from Astro World. Like, people, like, to get it away from Astro World. It's evil. That's what I think. You think it's yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's 
it took, evil because you're doing it to well we don't know we yeah don't know. But if it was anything else i get it like say someone else leaked another sex tape and they were trying to get it away from that get that right oh, hell yeah. but it's like astro world you can't just like get away from that scandal people have lost their lives like, it's like you it's can't not a scandal. cover Actually, it up with sugar it's a crime yeah i totally understand that she's a fucking fantastic businesswoman but Fuck, she does a lot of damage. Like, she's trying to cover up a lot of damage as well. And via, like, throwing her kids under the yes, bus. Yes, just throwing just it left, right, and centre. But then again, like, oh, I don't know if that's true. I don't know and, either. And I know conspiracy theory, but. Yeah, but if it is true. Anyway, like, that's just naughty. It. That whole thing, naughty. Oh, yeah, obviously. nothing nice about that. And then a cheating scandal that's made me very upset this week is Anthony Ramos, who cheated allegedly on Jasmine Cephas Jones who were supposed to be like the couple of my life and we what together for six years or together something for wild. so long mm-hmm. met on the set of Hamilton which is just like I did go through a very obsessive phase with Hamilton and it's like they were so in love like right up until the way it came out is like on TikTok a video went viral of allegedly him in a strip club with another woman who wasn't Jasmine Cephas Jones and then they him and Jasmine were engaged they'd just sent out their wedding invites and then they broke up yeah, very quickly it was after. a classic like member of the public who was serving them or something saw yeah. him with the girl and hang on a second recognise that guy let me just do a quick google who yeah. are you it's really ironic because you know Jasmine sings that song about cheating in Hamilton like tell me how to say no to this oh, <laughs> it's like foreshadowing so, no, it's so ironic just oh. like oh I'm I'm really sad I'm really disappointed she's so hot she deserves the world it's so gutting when it's like someone so wholesome and they're such a beautiful couple that like they just gassed each other up so stupid why would you go in public with the person you're famous that's what I don't like, get you're Tristan quite Thompson famous. and him should fucking go to an island like talk this out like yeah, why do exactly. do that bro? why, why do we keep we doing do that? that why do we think that we can get away with this shit because you cannot I I know. So when they got engaged, just as a little tidbit, mm. Lynn manuel Miranda, who obviously is the mastermind behind Hamilton, Everything. he tweeted, first table read, Hamilton, 2015, Anthony keeps sneaking glances at our newest cast member, Jasmine. Me. rut row. <laughs> he is notoriously cringe as well. <laughs> That's what, as well, as well as us? Or no, as well no. as He's the cringe, as well as being the mastermind oh, behind Hamilton. Okay. No, you mean like he's in this club too. But yeah. look, Liv, all masterminds have a little bit of cringe, I reckon, oh, it's if, the best. if we're basing it on us. I think so, because we And they have a little are. bit of sweetiness, I would say. Or it's glowing. I know. <laughs> I can see it under your eyes and your glasses. <laughs> How's my black eye looking? Give the oh, much up? better. Almost gone. It's been two fucking weeks. I like, know. Honestly, no, it's just like you got a little bit of blush that's quite I concentrated on. Yeah. No, so so that's obviously naughty. Mm. Oh, like, very. Very, very naughty. Naughty and fucking stupid. Naughty to be quite and honest. stupid, but like, God, me and I. <laughs> anyway, I'm very excited to stop talking about people who are cheating on each other and start talking about the character development of Billie Eilish. But look, guys, not before we hear from our sponsors. 
So, you all heard last week, me and Liv realised on mic and in the ad we recorded for last week that The Office and Parks and Rec are on Neon, and I'm still shook. I'm still shook that we didn't know that before now or before last week. But honestly, Lucy, it's like the world knew that we had so much shit to do leading up to Christmas that they were like, these bitches do not have time to watch these shows. You know, that, that, to be honest, that is really true, and over Christmas I am going to make the time because priorities... You guys know that we love Neon. We say it all the time. They're literally the reason that Culture Vulture exists and they're the reason that you get us, lucky you, in your ears right now. So you must love them by default. And we've just actually released a survey all about Culture Vulture and we would absolutely love for you to go and fill it out. It really, really helps us with this job, with Neon and them supporting us. So please, please help a girl out. Help a girl out. Have some girls out there just trying to pay their rent. Anyway, in case you couldn't tell, Neon, duh, our favourite New Zealand-based streaming service. The best part is 14 days free because we all love free stuff and you should definitely go and sign up for them and, like, watch The Office or Parks and Rec or whatever. Please do. And there's, honestly, so many great shows, so many great movies. We were shocked. And thank you, Neon, for making this job a reality. Couldn't do it without you. Shot, Neon. Thank you. I hate to do this to you all, but if you want to hear the rest, which I know you do, head over to Culture Vulture wherever you get your podcasts. Love you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.